Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, this is Earl Live. You just heard my recorded introduction. And we're back at the studio in North Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, we're about 100 miles north of Miami, or maybe make that 75. And uh, it's worldwide, so I have to, I keep thinking of myself as being a local a radio guy, but we're really uh, international, and we're talking to you via Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and uh, all sorts of uh, cyber ways, stream us anywhere in the world. And um, we actually, I think we're, I haven't thought about this. We haven't actually, I haven't counted it, but I think we probably get more calls from outside Florida now than we do within Florida. Maybe not. It's pretty close, though. Uh, so it's kind of exciting. It's live radio. Uh, we rarely rerun a show, and uh, we can't rerun this one because I just said it was live radio. <laughs> so I nixed this one. Hopefully, this isn't a really good show and it won't make any difference, but I'm only kidding. Uh, love to hear from you. That's a, the name of the game is you, our listeners and our viewers. Uh, I feel like a TV guy, you know, viewers, yeah. And in uh, the studio is uh, my youngest son, Josh Stewart. He's sitting in this morning for my oldest son, Stu Stewart. Josh is also a part of our dealership. And in the way of full disclosure and transparency, uh, we do own a car dealership. And uh, this is not an infomercial. So if you're new, I mean, the old, the old listeners, the regulars, they know how we deal. We, we're pretty candid. We tell it like it is. The, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the negative, uh, the positive. We try, to, we try to just be factual and transparent. So uh, the fact that we do sell cars, look at it as a positive because we're insiders. And we know other dealers. Um, we know manufacturers. Uh, at one time or another in my history, I've had multiple franchises, and I've had multiple dealerships, uh, all of them in South Florida. Uh, so I'm kind of an inside guy, and I, I use that dealership mentality I have to, uh, to help you as a consumer out there, which is what the show is all about, how to buy, lease a car, or maintain or repair your car without being ripped off not being taken advantage of. You want to get the best deal you can. And uh, that's really hard today. Uh, if you're new to the show, let me shock you. I'll prove I'm not a car dealer. Don't buy a car today unless you have to. And uh, I, a lot of my employees have palpitations when I say that because I don't blame them. And uh, Josh you know, works for the dealership every day and he's praying, please, Dad, change the subject. But, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm being self-serving. I'm being totally honest. You know what? I'm totally honest and transparent with people. They want to buy a car from me even more. So 
it, it, it's, it's a win-win for me. I can be honest and transparent and also sell cars. Uh, I guess that's the message I'm trying to get out to all the car dealers. But then again, I'm not really trying to get it out. <laughs> See, I, it depends on whether I, do I have my car dealer hat on or do I have my consumer advocate hat on? I, I don't know. I don't know where the hat is. All I know is honesty and transparency is what it's all about. And if you listen to this show, and actually listen to each other, because when you call the show, I'm going to give you that number now, because I'm on a roll, and I sometimes get carried away. Call 877-960-9960. That's our telephone number. <laughs> yeah. uh, telephones. Uh, when I say that, I feel like that's a, kind of an old word. Um, it's not a cell phone. That, it's a telephone, we call it. 877-960-1960. we got about five lines coming into the studio here in South Florida. We try to watch those lines carefully. Nancy Stewart, my wife and co-host sitting to my left in the studio here, she monitors her, her, her screen on the PC. And uh, when a call comes in, she waves her arm, she taps me on the shoulder. We prioritize those types of calls. Now, other than 877-960-9960, we've got a text number. We have something called anonymous feedback. Uh, we have multiple ways to, to reach us. YouTube, um, the text number, 772, area code 772 772-497-6530. 772-497-6530. If you write that down, to think of something later on, text us. The good thing about text is we get to them later, you know. They they kind of build up, and Josh will be monitoring that. And uh, we might not get your text right now, but we're, we're here for two hours. We're here between uh, 8 and 10 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we usually get to all those texts. We got a really cool uh, avenue of calling or texting or what is it? Well, anonymous feedback. You're on you're on the web. You go to youranonymousfeedback.com. It's a URL. Your anonymous A O N N Y M O U S feedback. Youranonymousfeedback.com. And we don't know who you are. We don't know where you are. You know we don't know what you are. <laughs> you could be a car dealer. Uh, you could be a, a mad scientist. You could be I don't know. Uh, the point being, you have total anonymity. And people like that. You know, privacy is... Uh, I used to think, back in the day, I used to think, hey, uh, uh, stand up and be heard. Look, look, look the person in the eye and, and uh, you know, be identified. You know, I, I don't believe that anymore. I think if you're more comfortable by being anonymous, by all means do so. And a lot of you feel that way. We get a large number out of, of anonymous feedbacks. Hopefully, hopefully we all today, too. You are, Y-O-U-R, anonymous, A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, anonymous, feedback, just the way it sounds, dot com. And uh, tell it like it is. If you don't like us, tell us so. If you think we should change something, we love constructive criticism, and uh, uh, you won't be identified. Funny thing is, a lot of times, anonymous feedback people identify themselves. I don't know why, but they do. So, it's your choice. And, of course, Facebook, uh, big on Facebook. Uh, Josh is monitoring that, too. And we're just uh, EarlOnCars.com. I'm sorry, Facebook.com 
forward slash Roland Cars. Facebook.com forward slash Roland Cars. And here we are in living color. We only have one pretty person here, and that's Nancy Stewart sitting on my left. And uh, the rest of us are ugly. That's okay. Well, we got our mask off now. Hey, that's good. Uh, we have our mask off. You can really see who we are. And uh, Facebook.com forward slash Roland Car. And YouTube, another video. And uh, Rick, Rick Kearney sitting to my right. Rick is our certified diagnostic master technician. He's an auto computer scientist. Uh, he's in school half the time because these cars are getting more and more complicated. And he knows about everything there is to know about your car. You got a problem? Uh, click, uh, squeak, uh, something strange, a smell, rattle, vibration. Uh, you're worried about something, and you should be worried because if you got something wrong with your car, you got to go to a place and get it fixed, a garage, an independent uh, repair service, or a car dealer, and you're afraid you're going to get taken advantage of. Call Rick, and you can you can reach him on YouTube because he monitors youtube.com forward slash Roland Cars. YouTube.com forward slash Roland Cars, and he sees your your post right away. And you see him, you see Rick. He's not too bad looking, you know. And I, it's funny, you know, we wore masks so long, and everybody's been wearing masks so long. We took them off the studio about three weeks ago, and uh, I had to look twice at everybody because I keep seeing them with masks, and now I see them without masks. So anyway, uh, those are the avenues of uh, communication, and. Uh, we will monitor it. What I leave out? Anything? I think YouTube, Facebook, um, the regular numbers, text 772-497-6530, and then, of course, the old-fashioned phone number, 877-960-9960. Well, I'll go around the circle. I'll start to my left. I'll go with Nancy Stewart, who I said earlier, she's my co-host. We, we started this show about 20 years ago, not quite, but close to. And uh, it was a half-hour show. And it was just Nancy and me. And then we went from a half-hour to an hour. And now here we are, different day, Saturdays, two hours. And believe it or not, two hours goes by like that. So uh, the show's bigger. It's more interesting, I think. And we have a far more people. And we're worldwide. I can't believe it. Nancy is our female advocate. Uh, she's built our listening audience, female-wise, up to pretty close 50-50. And... Um, you ladies out there, she loves it when you call. she got a special offer for you first-time new, first-time lady callers, a very special offer. It's not BS. It's real. It's honest. Tell them about it, Nancy. Good morning, everyone. whole lot of positive energy right here in the studio. And uh, I think I'm going to hold Josh Stewart responsible for that. We just love his company. He always has a smile on his face, and he's always positive, so it's great to have him here this morning and uh, to fill in uh, for Stu. Um, you know, uh, we're here to, 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 to navigate you through such a, 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 volatile, a volatile time uh, that we're in, and we're here also to thank you for being part of the show. We do enjoy your company. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. And for the ladies, I want to mention International Women's Month. And without the ladies, where would we be? They do make a lot of decisions. This morning, ladies, 
$50 for the first two new lady callers. First two new lady callers, $50. We can use something like that these days. So give us a call and be the first two new lady callers. Let us know what your, well, experience was this past week, whether, you know, uh, it was easy for you to maneuver and get in and out of the dealership, um, or if you just went to the um, Internet and uh, whether you were looking at leasing, buying, brought the car in for maintenance, uh, service, uh, whatever, or just give us a call and say hello. $50 for the first two new lady callers, 877-960-9960. And a special thank you for our female, female mystery shopper. And uh, Agent Lightning, week in, week out, does such a fantastic job. And another thank you to Elise Roberts, who is in the control room, helping me to maneuver around the show. Thank you. 877-960-9960. Give us a call. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay. It's a Actually, go. I'm going to interrupt you, okay. and we're going to go to a caller. Um, who's, he's calling from North Palm Beach. Good morning, Charles. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I've got a question, which is the dealer fee. Isn't that really much, a uh, little more than a, couple of gallons of gas and a wash. I mean, do these cars arrive in, in terrible condition from the manufacturer? Yeah, Charles, you're absolutely right. You, you hit on something very important there, too, because, you know, the Florida and other states don't have a whole lot of laws protecting car buyers, but they do have a law uh, saying that a car dealer in Florida may not charge you uh, for anything that he is reimbursed for by the manufacturer. And that's right in the Florida statute. Uh, it's totally ignored because uh, in many cases, uh, I'd say more often than not, the dealers use the fact that they wash the car and they prepare the car for delivery uh, as one of the excuses for their dealer fees, as you call them. They call them other things. Dealer fee has become a generic term. Very few dealers now use dealer fee because the public kind of figured out what a dealer fee was. So now they call them things like dealer prep fee, doc fee, administrative fee, tag agency fee, and I could go on for about half an hour (laughs) because there's no law in Florida saying what you must name that hidden charge. So, yeah, uh, next time you go into a car dealership uh, and you see that uh, disclosure, uh, just try this. Say, I understand my attorney says that it's illegal for a car dealer to charge me for something that the manufacturer reimburses you for when you prepared my car for delivery and see what he says. Chances are the salesman won't even know that, but you'll have to take it up the line to a manager. Charles, what do you think? Yes. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Um, I also want to congratulate you on the uh, work that you do in the Florida Weekly. It's uh, very informative, and uh, actually I hang on to those. I called you a couple of weeks ago and hope that uh, the work is almost done on your second um, opus for uh, recovering car dealers because I, every week I find something I find something that is used useful. I'm the guy who always pays. I'm your generation, and I always pay for cash. For well, thank car. you, Charlie. Thank and, you, Charlie. Uh, what a turns out to be a stupid thing to do. <laughs> you know, I, let me let me give a plug to the Florida Weekly. Um, 
Uh, it's a, uh, a brave newspaper. Another one is the Hometown News. And another one, of course, is this radio station, True Oldies. Uh, a lot of the media now uh, are afraid to voice uh, candid opinions. Remember, car dealers are big advertisers, and they buy a lot of time on radio. They buy advertising in newspapers. And uh, you'd be surprised how difficult uh, it is uh, for the media, whether it's TV or radio or uh, even now Internet-type advertising. They're afraid if they, if they tell the truth about car dealers, they'll lose their advertising. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but I mentioned earlier in the show that Nancy and I started this show back uh, close to 20 years ago. The radio station then was called Seaview Radio under different ownership, and we were only on for half an hour. Uh, the car dealers in Palm Beach County and probably Martin, and maybe even some Broward <coughs> counties that advertised on Seaview Radio when we were doing this show said they went in mass to the uh, uh, management, the ownership of the station, and said, if you don't get rid of Earl and Nancy, uh, Earl stirred on cars, we're going to stop advertising. And they boycotted the radio station. And uh, believe it or not, the uh, radio station had to ask us to uh, leave. Uh, first time I'd ever been fired in my life. I got fired from CBU Radio. Uh, about a year and a half later, uh, CBU sold out to another owner, and the owner came back to us and said, would you come back on the air? And I warned the owner, I said, I'll do it, I love it, I thank you, but be prepared, because the dealers are not gonna like it. And they said, we can get by with or without car dealer advertising, and they did. There's still some car dealers, I believe, that advertise here on the station, but yeah, Florida Weekly, uh, read that paper, it's a great paper, it's what journalism is all about, telling the truth, and thanks for bringing it up, Charles. Thanks for the information. Oh, quick other question. What about transportation fee? I'm, I'm curious about that. Is that something that you have no control over, or is that uh, something that got some wiggle room? Well, the transportation fee is charged by the manufacturer. It's, it's the freight, the cost of the trains, planes, or automobiles, or whatever, that got that car from the manufacturer to the dealer. And that's included in the price of the car automatically because that price is paid in the dealer invoice by the dealer to the manufacturer. It's also added to the MSRP, the official Monroni label. So when, when you buy a car, whether you see the um, transportation fee or not, it's included both in the cost of the dealer and the retail price. So you've already paid for it. now where the violation comes, and this is a federal violation, and it happens. If you see freight or transportation added to your buyer's order, then that's a double charge. You're being charged twice. And uh, that is clearly illegal by any law in the land. That's uh, basic law. <laughs> you, you know, if you go into Publix and they charge you for a loaf of bread twice, that's wrong, and it's illegal. If you get charged for freight twice, that's wrong, and that's illegal. So if you see it added by the dealer, freight, or transportation, then they charge you twice. Thank you. Well, thanks for the call, Charles. You're, uh, uh, you're very nice to point out Florida Weekly, and hope you listen regularly and call us back again anytime. We, we enjoy talking to you. Likewise. Thank you very much, Earl. Bye-bye. Thank you, Charles. Um, we're going to go to uh, Michelle 
and Michelle's calling us from Juno. She's a first-time caller. Uh, before <clears throat> before we take her call, uh, there was an article that appeared in the USA, and I want to share it with Michelle and the rest of the ladies that are listening. You know, in celebration of uh, Women's History Month or International Women's Day, uh, w- whatever applies to you. Uh, did you know it's easier today for women? It, a whole lot easier, and this is good news uh, for a woman to own her own business. Things certainly have changed in the last 30 years, and uh, I'm always looking for good news as far as uh, the uh, female is concerned, whether she owns her own business, whether she's purchasing a car, anything at all. And uh, we do have to give them recognition. As I pointed out earlier in the show, we are a big part of the um, auto industry. And for the dealers to ignore that is a financial disaster. So I want to thank Michelle for calling this morning and welcome her to the show. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. I hope you can hear me in the car. Um, I'll be quick. My question is, growing up, 65 miles an hour was the optimum speed to uh, not guzzle gas. Is that true in today's modern cars? Rick? Pretty much 55 is a, is a, what they consider a sweet spot speed for best fuel economy. Uh, but one of the features you'll find on a lot of cars is an eco light. Uh, there will be a little light that says just ECO that pops up and it's kind of a, a pat on the back type thing that says, hey, you found that sweet spot where you're getting the best fuel economy and the longer you can keep that light lit up on your dash display, the better. Okay. Well, thank you. I was curious about it because I thought maybe with the modern technology, uh, it was higher than 65. Well, thank you, Michelle. Um, Michelle? Okay. Uh, yes? You're breaking up a little bit, but um, I, I want to make light of the uh, fact that uh, with, uh, you know, we're... You're hearing a lot about sticker shock, and that applies to the price of gas today. And uh, Rick mentioned, uh, you know, a speed limit. And I'll tell you what, it's more important today uh, for you to slow down a little bit because it does save on your fuel. And also, as far as your tires are concerned, it's a really good idea for you to keep an eye on your tire pressure because uh, not only does it, you know, you know, uh, put your tire tire longevity in check, uh, but it definitely it definitely takes care of your fuel economy, and uh, it's uh, it's real important with that sticker shock on gas prices today. Um, Michelle, um, I I would really love for you to email me um, your address, and uh, my email address is Nancy S at E S Toyota dot com. Nancy S as in Stuart. That's right. Yeah. And what? Or you can go to Earl on Cars. If you don't have a pen right now, you can go to Earl on Cars and you can get my email address and send me your address and I'll get that fifty dollars out to you as soon as I can. Thank you very much. That's a nice way to start the day. Spread the word, Michelle. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, this uh, call just gave me deja vu with the last gas surge. And we've had a lot of gas surges. 
And uh, it's very interesting. Uh, we get sloppy and careless when gas is less expensive. And now, uh, when it's $4 plus, we start thinking about it. And Rick gets a lot of questions. And I flash back to a few years ago. Uh, and I remember that Rick, uh, we get a lot of people coming into the dealership and they say, I need a tune-up or I need this. I, I, my car's not getting good mileage. I bought a hybrid and I'm supposed to get 50 miles a gallon. I'm only getting 40 miles a gallon. And so uh, Rick uh, typically will drive the car and he likes to drive it home and back and he gets what mileage he sees and then if it's good mileage or bad mileage or okay mileage, he uses that to guide uh, what he's gonna be do to fix it. And correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, but in most cases you find out that the car is mainly uh, getting bad mileage because of human error. And Rick is probably the best driver you ever want to meet. And here's proof to that statement. Years ago, when the hybrids first came out and uh, we had a, a Prius, uh, uh, we didn't want to do a publicity stunt of the dealership, so we got a Prius and asked Rick to drive it to Washington, D.C. And he got from North Palm Beach, Florida to Washington, D.C. on less than one tank of gas. And uh, he did that because he drove it very, very well. Now, anybody else wouldn't have done that, but, but uh, Rick, give us a few of your tips on what you did uh, and what other people can do now when they're paying $4.20 a gallon. Well, total transparency, that was a modified Prius. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, it had a second battery added in that yeah. created what, what is known today as the Prius Prime. Yeah. Uh, it was just a front runner but, of it. But, but you got far but a, better. A plug-in hybrid. Yeah. yeah. But hybrids especially get their best fuel economy driving around the city at these nice, slow, easy-going paces. And it's really just a technique of just learning how to drive your car in the smoothest manner possible. Yeah, you anticipate stops, you anticipate stop lights, uh, you, uh, you go at a steady speed every time. Uh, now, you just said something I didn't think about. You went all the way to Washington you weren't in the city all the way, obviously. Right. So, so yep. when you were, I assume you were on turnpikes and, and expressways. Well, I, for that trip, in order to really make best use of that particular car, I avoided such roads as I-95 oh. and the higher speed traveling. Because 70, 80, 90 miles an hour, that's, that's, you're really using a lot of fuel and you have to, to overcome that, that air resistance. You run over. I, I, you're exactly yeah, right. So, yeah. But by driving on smaller roads, slower speeds, easy, 35, 45 miles an hour, gentle on the acceleration. Now this is, this is the big one you see with a lot of people. The light turns green and they're instantly, that gas pedal is on the floor and they're just off like a rocket. Yeah. That's where you use the most amount of unneeded fuel. If you first let off the brake, take about just a half a second just slowly move your foot to the gas pedal. It gives your car a moment to release the brakes and actually let the car start to move forwards on its own just for the first split second 
before you start giving a little bit of gas and just ease the speed up. And you got to stay in the and right lane. The best fuel you got to stay in the right lane because if you're in my lane, I'm gonna blow my horn at you. <laughs> well, you're yeah, you're Tesla. You're you just gonna blow like, me off the road. Well, you know, well, I know yeah, that. Yeah, you get guys. <laughs> you get guys like me that are you know pushing you all the time. And that yeah. microsecond after the light turns green. Yeah. Boop. Yep. Yeah. And it's is it that much? It's a matter of <laughs> half a microsecond. <laughs> Once you get going. Um, if you see the light ahead, is you know it's going to change yeah, yeah. red. Coast up to it. Let off the gas and coast. So the bottom line is, uh, it's usually driver error when you're really worried about your car. And uh, you, you could Google that, or you could call Rick, or you can bring it in. Uh, I, I think it's always, uh, typically we say, uh, we hear the thing about, well, the EPA on my window sticker said I'm supposed to get this on highways, and I'm not getting it. Well, Rick always gets it, and, and maybe even a little better. So, yeah, if you drive right, you can get probably 20% better gas mileage. Now, another thing you can do, open the trunk of your car. Anything you have in there that you don't absolutely have to have in your car, like take it out. A body? Well, <laughs> you got to get rid of that. Yeah. What do you got hanging in the back? Okay. Oh, Earl. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and any added weight in the car, anywhere in the car, for every pound you take out, yeah. you're going to save a little bit of fuel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Costco, uh, Costco, uh, Consumer Report really uh, emphasized all of that, exactly what Rick just said. And they were talking about, you know, these, uh, these racks that everybody most everybody has on their cars now uh bike racks uh that they they've they're dragging this and that in their trunks on their roofs and it's amazing how that affects your gas mileage so take a look at consumer report it's a it's a good uh, referral um also i want to mention charles said something earlier he was one of our callers and mentioned the um florida weekly uh, and I want to mention Earl's latest column. It's a, a, a rerun, but it is a great, you know, a great topic. And that's the decline and fall of the 20, 20th century car dealer. And uh, that is a must read. It is very informative. And you can also find that in the hometown news. We're going to go to Marty, who's in West Palm Beach, and he's been waiting. Good morning, Marty. Nice to hear from you. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Hey. Hi. I just wanted to tell you, every Monday morning I run an errand, and last Monday I drove by three gas stations. The gas, the regular was three ninety nine a gallon. Mm-hmm. About an hour later, an hour and 15 minutes later, I drove by the same three gas stations, and it was already at four nineteen. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, no tanker trucks were there. <laughs> Nobody put in any more gas. And as far as I'm concerned, the American public is getting ripped off. You you deal mostly with cars, but we're getting ripped off with the gas prices. And people have, obviously, if you drive a car, you have no choice. You have to put gas in there. And uh, it's really a shame that there's no control over that. And, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I don't know if you should be paying $4 instead of 4.30, but you're definitely getting ripped off by the oil companies and the gas stations. Well, Marty, it's, uh, unfortunately, you're right. It's, it's the capitalist system. It's called supply and demand. And so when a car dealer charges you $5,000 over sticker, it's perfectly legal. And that's because he's not getting enough cars. And uh, because uh, he can charge you $5,000 or a sticker. The, the, the worst part about it is that 
the car dealers are making more money than they ever did before. And uh, at some point, you've got to draw the line. Gas station owners, I feel a little bit more uh, empathetic toward them than I do car dealers. Because these car uh, gas station owners, uh, the independents especially, uh, they're not rich guys. And uh, usually, gasoline is a loss leader to them. Uh, they, they try to break even on gas so they can sell you, you know, the Cokes and the cigarettes and the uh, sandwiches. And um, it's not an easy business. So when they have an opportunity to uh, take advantage, I, I guess they are taking advantage. But it's not as egregious as a car dealer that's having a record profit year, more money than he's ever made in his life. And then he's still laying it on thick to make an extra five grand because he can. So uh, I, I agree with you. On, on the on the gas station thing also, um, I, I would say this, that there are some apps, and I hope Rick remembers, and some other apps, there are still gas stations out there that you can get lower prices. And if you're going anywhere near I-95 or your expressway in whatever part of the world you're in, uh, the closer to the expressways, the higher the gas prices. If you go off the, the beaten path, you'll find a significant drop in gas prices. And if you shop around, what's it, a gas? Give me an... Uh, gas Buddy. GasBuddy.com. Mm -hmm. GasBuddy.com. Put in your zip code, and you can find the, the lower price gas. It's going to be high, but it'll be a lot cheaper than that one on the corner of I-95 and North Lake Boulevard. But do the I math. I can only and... tell you this. I can only tell you this, uh, Earl and everybody. I went to Costco the other day. The yeah. line to get gas in Costco was so long that they had to take away parking and putting people, uh, they had to go down a, another row to get in line to get gas. Well, I'll now, tell you one thing about Costco. Line, yeah. People will stay in line for an hour to save a dollar fifty. You know why so, that is, Marty? Because Costco has a policy. They will not charge you more than 15% over what they pay for any product, whether it's a shirt, a loaf of bread, a chicken. Actually, they're selling the chickens below that. <laughs> <laughs> but the gas, they pay, if they pay uh, $4 for gasoline, they'll charge you $4.50 a gallon, uh, 15 cents a gallon. So uh, I agree with you. And that's, but that also tells you what the markup is for the other stations because Costco is probably paying about the same price as some of the bigger chains. Uh, Rick had a point. I don't have a problem with getting gas at Costco. I drive right past the one on North Lake at 5.30 in the morning going to work. Right. I pull right. in, I fuel up, and I'm back on the road in three minutes. Yeah. No, I love it. If you go early, it. you're right. If you go early, you're right. <laughs> but oh. the thing is, now according to Biden, and uh, I don't believe everything any politician says anyways. But anyways, he said the gas companies or oil companies should not use this uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine as a pretense just to raise prices. Well, that's a, that's a profound statement, but www.aintgonnahappen.com. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's human nature. It's capitalism. That's the way it is. I mean, we can cry about it. No that's comment. What, that's the reason we can, we can complain. We're a free country. We can complain about anything. And but, so, but we're not going to change it. It's going to be that way. To Marty's first yeah. point, though, it is, it's comical that you know the gas station paid a tanker for a load of gas three days ago. Still in their in yeah, their tank. Exactly. Gas goes up overnight. All of a sudden that. Their price right. goes up too. Well, that's the annoying part. Yeah, it's the instant. And they're increase. all the same. 
Mm-hmm. It's, if you're at one corner that's got four stations, there's not going to be one selling it less than the other three. Yeah. Okay. They're all going to have the same price. Mm-hmm. Okay, we all have a gas story, and uh, <laughs> and I think right. uh, and I appreciate your observation there. And you're right; it is maddening. I don't blame you one bit for being right. angry. Thank you, well, Marty. Have a good day. Thanks, Marty. Thanks for being a regular caller, Marty. Uh, okay. We are going to stick with the phones. I know that uh, Josh has some text to share with you, and Rick probably has a lot of YouTubes. And uh, we want to go to our next first female caller she's calling from niagara falls and uh laura i i I can't believe it she's calling from niagara falls and i mention to you every single week to our listeners our show is international Mm -hmm. and uh, jonathan has shared a lot of information with us and he's been tracking that and uh the uh podcast that uh you know he started in 2018 i think it was uh, you know, led him to realize that we have callers and listen from everywhere. So congratulations to uh, Jonathan. Good morning, Laura. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much. Can you hear me okay? Yes, loud and clear. Good. Thank you. Um, this might be a dumb question. Sorry if it is. Um, I haven't driven in many years. Um, my daughter just got her license and first vehicle. It's a 2017 Envoy, if that matters. Um, whenever we ride, we've been hearing, normally I'd take it to my dad, but he just passed away. Like, So I'm looking to take it to a mechanic. And when we're riding and taking right-hand turns, we notice it more. The fright run, fright front and right wheel makes a, like a loud knocking type of noise and you can feel it and i'm just wondering like before we take it in do you have any idea what that could be i'm gonna guess that you get this noise when you're doing a, a sharp turn and that if yeah. you speed up while you're turning it gets a lot faster and it's usually as you're uh kind of going quickly around the corner you'll hear the click 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 yeah, that's what it is, and you can feel it. Yeah, it's most likely the drive axle, what's known as the, the uh, CV joint or the constant velocity joint in those front drive axles. Okay. What would that oh, cost great. to get Thank it fixed, Rick? Uh, depending on where you go, the part is probably going to be around 150 to $200, and the okay. labor, I'm going to say, is probably around 200 to $300. Okay, so I'm not looking at something in the thousands or whatever. That's no, no. Uh, but Hopefully wherever you go, get get an estimate from one pri- one place. Get a second chest, a second estimate from another spot. Uh, you'll have a couple of different great. shops look at it. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. You know, it's all free information, Laura. And uh, I'll tell you what, I get three estimates on everything so um i'd like to uh, mention to you that i do need your address so if you could get that to me i'll get that check out to you oh awesome thank you so much i had no idea it was one of the first you know, are congratulations i just, I just tuned in because i wanted to call thank you laura thank spread you. the word we'd love yes. to build a platform here for the ladies they are an important part of our show uh so you can uh give uh, elise the information that I need. Thank you. Okay. Sure. Have a great day. Um, 
back to the I, recovery. How do I get the address to you? Um, you can um, email me, Nancy okay. S at estoyota.com. BF Toyota. Mm hmm. That's <coughs> okay. a ES, like Earl Stewart. Yes. Gotcha. Awesome. Thanks, Nancy. Oh, you're welcome, Laura. And, All right, uh, you guys have a great day. If you folks are wondering why I'm passing out my email address, you know, lately I've really come to. Uh, there's a bit of a problem with uh, me getting these addresses from uh, from everyone, and it's really simple. You know, you can go to Earl on Cars, and you can see my email address right there, and I've got to have your address in order to get that $50 out to you. Okay, we're going to go to Warren. Um, he's calling from Pompano. Good morning. How are you, Warren? Good morning. Good, 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 good. Uh, I just had a quick from Rick and what he said before about gas money. Sure. Because I have a 2010... Ford Taurus, and I've drove it twice back and forth to northern New Jersey, uh, which is right next to New York City, Fort Lee, New Jersey, to Pompano. And when you're off times and you use cruise control, that is really, to me, the biggest gas saver if you can use it. And if you're off times, especially between Richmond and Jacksonville, Florida, you, 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 there's a lot of gas mileage to save on well, yeah, when, when you're in a normal car, not a hybrid, a, a normal gasoline engine car, traveling at around 50 to 55 miles an hour at a constant, smooth, steady speed, you will maximize the fuel economy because it, they have the federal government kind of ran into this years ago when they uh, you know, imposed the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit, and they suddenly realized, yes, this is a perfect sweet spot where you're getting through the air, the, the air density, the cars will travel through the air, getting the best speed, but at the highest amount of fuel economy. And so setting your cruise control right at that level and avoiding any quick maneuvers, just driving nice and smooth and steady, you'll maximize that fuel economy. The reason the hybrids get so much better economy doing that stop and go is because the gasoline engine can shut off so much while you're driving in the city but in a normal car where your engine is running continuous, that 55 miles an hour on the highway, that's your absolute best fuel economy. All right. And, and like I said, what's, what's amazing about it is when I have the cruise control, I, I go 65, I'm not going 60, but I, I can get no more than 19 or 18 in the city, and I get close to 30 when I'm on the 27, 28 when you're doing the cruise control. And it's, it's just amazing. I mean, you got to keep your wits about you all the time, but it's just amazing. Uh, I got a question for Earl. Uh, Earl, are you there? Yeah. Go uh, ahead. The question is, and now I know you talked about this on and tonight about leasing a car, buying versus leasing. I know you've, you've done it a thousand times, but right now, right exactly now, aren't you really better off leasing the car? because of the high prices, because I noticed the price of the lease hasn't gone up as dramatically as the price of the new car. I mean, a lease is a new car, but it just doesn't seem that it's that much higher than it used to be. It is higher, of course. What do you say about that? Well, the, you know, the leasing companies and, and the dealers that are leasing the cars are looking to make as much profit as possible. And, you know, common sense would say you're right about that, but the fact of the matter is uh, the residuals have not been raised by the leasing companies commensurate with the uh, supply and demand situation. Uh, 
if, if they were dealing strictly based on the high price of cars today, cost and, and selling price, and common sense would dictate the residuals would be higher. And to give the leasing companies uh, fairness to be them too also, remember when you lease a car, uh, that car's coming back, they hope, in three years and not sooner. And uh, who knows what the leasing, uh, what the prices are going to be in three years. So uh, when, when there are a lot of cars and uh, not a huge demand, but plenty of supply. Uh, the manufacturers, or most of them use their captive leasing companies, were adjusting their residuals to keep the price down so they could be competitive. And if you did a good job negotiating a price on a lease, you could get a good one. Today, you're gonna pay a, a through the nose if you lease a car, and you're gonna pay through the nose if you buy the car, either way. Yeah, but, is that, but isn't the, the, the fact that the lease price, you know, the per monthly rate or whatever, has gone up, obviously, but it hasn't gone up, seemingly to me, am I wrong, it hasn't gone up that dramatically. Uh, what about your dealership? Like, if you're buying a you know, Camry, a you know, moderate Camry, how, how much has it gone up on a lease? I'll let, to the I'll let Josh answer that question because he's in the trenches every day. Uh, what about that, Josh? In, in my experience, it's, it's kind of it's gone up commensurate with the with the retail purchase. If a lease is like forty or fifty dollars more a month now than it was, you know, eight nine months ago, which is probably about accurate. That translates into fifteen to two thousand dollars more in in out of pocket expense, which is kind of what the increase in the retail price is. So it's it's really it depends on the model you're looking for and, and what the best deal, whether it's lease versus finance on that particular model. I don't think there's a blanket statement saying that leasing is better across the board. Okay, because it just seems to me that I'd rather pay $50 more a month than pay $10,000 over the period of a brand new car. But again, that's somebody's no, preference. that's totally valid. If, you're, if your monthly budget and the payment is is paramount to you then yeah i agree that fifty dollars more a month is a lot easier to swallow than five thousand dollars over sticker <laughs> the best news for you leasing a car is the fact that that uh, value of that car market value is very high now and uh i'm not sure where you are in your lease but the closer you are to the end of the lease the more profit you can make you can you can exercise your option to purchase and flip the car sell it to somebody else even back to the dealer, and make a, a lot of money. So the, well, the yeah. Well, that, that's one hundred percent true because my daughter had a Ford Fusion coming with a lease, a hybrid, and I was going to buy it, but I, I decided it wasn't going to work. But the buyout was fifteen thousand dollars, and the dealer wanted it, and I just said that it was up in New Jersey, and I said to her, "Well, tell the dealer if he wants the car to give you a few grand because he's going to sell that car for twenty-five thousand dollars." Well, I don't want to bother with it, her son, but. Father, she went in and said, well, give me a couple of grand, and you could have the car back. And he did. He just, without even blinking an eye, yeah. I don't know what he gave her. He gave her like $2,000. He, he says, you bring the car to me. I'll give you two grand right now. Because he's going to sell it for at least five. It was only 15, and the car only had 15,000 miles on it. Yeah. And I think probably could have got more. But, you know, she knew the dealer, and she didn't want to go shopping him around. He had all the paperwork and, you know, all that stuff. So... He just, I think he handed her a check for twenty five hundred dollars. He said, "Here, you know, I'll take the mm -hmm. car back, and I don't know. He did all the paperwork on it." So that's one hundred percent true. 
You know, if you're leasing a car or own a car today, you're going to be able to offset that huge increase in price on the new lease or a new purchase. So uh, you're, that's the good news. The bad news is if you don't have a car to trade and you're not in a lease, uh, you're going to pay thousands of dollars over a sticker. It's a, it's a bad time to buy a car. Wait. Prices will come down. When do you think, last question, when do you think that's going to happen? <laughs> the million-dollar question. Yeah, it, 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 it varies from manufacturer to manufacturer. Uh, uh, certain manufacturers are doing fine. Uh, prices are, are coming down. Other manufacturers, prices are going up. Depends on where you are in the world, uh, what your microchip situation is. Uh, Tesla, for example, doesn't have a problem with microchips. Nobody can figure out why that is. Um, actually, uh, I think it's just good management. Yeah. But uh, other places, like we talked about, Nancy and I were talking about BMW the other day. Uh, uh, in their situation, they have a huge microchip issue. And uh, so you have to kind of decide what you're going to buy, what maker you're going to buy, and then decide when the price is going to be right. Uh, Red and Automotive News, the current issue, that's a trade journal for car dealers and manufacturers, that the uh, in the decrease in manufactured cars today is less than they thought it was going to be. So uh, they're, they're, it's positive on the horizon. It's positive that supply is coming up, and when supply comes up, prices will go down. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Have a nice day. You're welcome, Warren. Nice. A, a, a great you. place to read all about buying and leasing is in uh, – you can go to Earl on Cars, and uh, there's a great read there, you know, um, buying versus um, leasing, and also a whole lot to be said about the car dealers and the manufacturers and why they want you to, to lease a car. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, your anonymous feedback com and also i haven't mentioned yet but there's a great website for you to go to and that's www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers take advantage of that at Erlon cars gives you a whole lot of information before you step out the door and purchase lease do anything at all and he breaks it all down in the terminology that you can understand i think we're going to get back to josh yeah, I have, a, I have the uh, kickoff text from Anne-Marie. Oh, hmm. uh, hi, Anne-Marie. And, of course, she's touching on a subject that is on everyone's minds, the gas prices again, so that some of this might have been addressed already. But she says, good morning. The price of gas, of regular gas, at my local Costco has jumped 92 cents since February 24th, and that is the cheapest fuel in my area that I could find. This isn't the first time fuel prices have shot up quickly, as painful as gas prices are. At least we don't have the long gas lines like we did back in 1973. I don't remember that. Um. <laughs> hey, you were, uh, you're a baby. <laughs> uh, rising fuel prices prompt the following questions. Um, have you noticed a change in which uh, vehicles your customers are now looking at to buy? For instance, are they abandoning their dreams of owning a Tundra and going with a Prius or maybe a RAV4 hybrid instead? Um, I could quickly answer that. They, um, they might be wanting to jump quickly into a more fuel-efficient vehicle, but just given the, the crazy inventory shortage, it's, that transition is not as easy to do as it once was. Well, when, I was going to ask you, Josh, because mm -hmm. it's funny. I, I had a reporter from the Wall Street Journal call me a couple days ago, and uh, she left a message, and uh, she was on her airplane going to the National Automobile Dealers Association convention. And um, I was going to call you, and I forgot. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it is interesting. The... 
The manufacturers have cranked up the SUVs and the trucks because they're the most profitable to the dealer and to the manufacturer. Huge supply, uh, I mean, low supply, huge demand. So that's the, the big stuff is what the car dealers, the manufacturers make the most money on. Mm-hmm. Now we have these soaring gas prices. So I was, my question to you was going to be uh, pretty much the question of the of the Anne Marie is what are people saying when they come into the dealership now when uh, all we have if we have a few vehicles they're always the the big stuff the gas customer I think there's a there's a more of a lag now because of the how slow the the you know the supply chain's moving so we're not people aren't coming in and making these transactions I um, there might be more inquiries on some fuel-efficient vehicles, but we're not. We're, the cars we're delivering are still yeah. big trucks and are, SUVs. Are, and well, people, when they order a car, what Josh is talking about is if we sell 300 cars in a month, uh, they, those cars were ordered uh, three, four, or five months ago. Exactly. And so the truck comes in, all the cars were ordered months ago, and we deliver them to the, the customer. So here we are in a huge uh, high-priced gas situation. The few people that trickle in, that call in, uh, are they saying, I'm thinking about buying a, a Corolla or a hybrid, I'm thinking about buying a Prius instead of buying a Tundra. Are you hearing any of that? Well, um, I, I, we're starting to hear it. Yeah. It hasn't really started as quickly as I would imagine. Yeah. Um, we are seeing a cool off in some of the like V8, like on the wholesale market trade-in values on like a big, you know, uh, heavy-duty trucks and as such that's starting to cool off but uh, there hasn't been an immediate effect on the on the demand of hybrids yet there has been of course this increasing demand for for electric vehicles I get lots of questions about when's the BZ4X coming out and things like that but I'm sure we're gonna find a you know a greater demand for for hybrids and, and electric vehicles and nobody said I'm gonna cancel my Tundra order not yet not yet yeah. now, as a matter of fact the Tundra is selling it's uh, I mean especially we have a redesigned 22 Tundra so we're selling more Tundras year-over-year year. Um, I, I believe that's the only pickup right now that's actually ha- seeing an increase in sales uh, f-150 and the rest of the other big trucks because of the supply chain issues oh. they're down but Tundra's actually up very good mm-hmm. love Anne Marie's text yeah. yeah she's great um, and she didn't in her second uh, part of the question is just once again can you give us tips on how to get the most fuel efficiency out of the vehicles and I think Rick covered that well a wise man once told me drive like there's an egg on the bottom of your foot <laughs> oh, I like that That's a, that man was Rick Kearney <laughs> uh, yeah just drive gently so thank you Anne Marie we, we yeah. love your texts and, uh, hey Anne Marie keep them coming did you know that in I think 1970 gas was like 36 cents a gallon. <laughs> Noticed I couldn't get that out. I was watching. My mouth. You couldn't buy it. They were running out. Pardon me? But back then they were running out of gas. You couldn't get the gas. <clears throat> okay, back to Josh. You got it. I have another text here. Uh, this, this guy's in a good position. He says, hi, I'm looking into buying a McLaren. <laughs> Apparently it's a used one with little miles on it. The Carfax says it was a corporate-owned vehicle. Should I be worried about that? Um, you know, I, I don't believe so. I don't think that's a very uncommon thing to see nowadays. Um, you know, in the old days, they thought if you saw a rental vehicle or something on the Carfax, it would you know, be the kiss of death. But uh, in this market, as long as the car is sound and has a clean title. I think Even that, a police car. Police mm-hmm. car, lease car, rental car. Uh, they used to be pariahs, and mm-hmm. uh, they would get thousands of dollars less in appraisals. Now, uh, we find other corporations and police departments and uh, they they take good care of the yeah. car, probably better than the individual. Yeah, right. But wouldn't that simply mean that maybe somebody that owns a company 
bought the car under their company name so they could drive it as their personal vehicle simply because that way they could maybe save on the taxes or something yeah, that very way. You're, you're a very negative person, right? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, why, why would you say that? I'm, I'm only saying but that way this car was probably still driven just by one person and taken very good care of and probably driven even a McLaren you're going to drive that car a little bit carefully because that's you know that's not a car you're going to get crazy with. <laughs> I imagine the McLaren wasn't I, like a yeah. a runner vehicle for a company going to the bank. And no, I, I would imagine that car is probably going to be in extremely good shape yeah. and well worth it. So uh, okay. buy with confidence. <laughs> All right. Here's another question. This will be in Rick's wheelhouse. Good morning. My question is about my 2006 Mustang V6. When using the AC as it cycles to engage the compressor, the engine idles roughly for a second or two. This happens when the car is at stop, like at a stoplight. And this is from Bob. Okay. Um, what you might try first off, clean the throttle body. Uh, one of the things we found is that throttle bodies on cars will get a little bit of carbon buildup. And How much will that cost them, Mark? Uh, average shop should be about 100 to $150. Okay. Uh, basically what's happening is when the air conditioning turns on, the engine should increase its idle speed a bit to compensate for the extra load. And if that throttle, pot, throttle body is dirty, it won't compensate properly because it has to open further to overcome that carbon buildup. Hmm. So that's probably what you got going on there is it's got a momentary delay because of that carbon buildup. Uh, otherwise, you're going to need to have them check out whatever system Ford uses to increase that throttle speed. And when you take it in, wherever you take it in, don't tell them, please clean my throttle body. Uh, tell them, describe the problem to them. Uh, tell them the symptoms. Test drive the car with them. And uh, be sure you take a reasonable test drive. And, uh, and then ask them to diagnose it. Uh, exactly. Because if, uh, no matter what you tell them is wrong with your car, even if it's not wrong with the car, they'll charge you for it and your car won't be fixed. <laughs> so uh, make it their responsibility when they diagnose it. After they diagnose it, you can say, well, I had a friend uh, that said he thought it was a throttle body, but uh, if you think that's what will fix it, go ahead. So be careful. Uh, we get, we, uh, Rick, is a, being a technician, appreciates that more than anyone. Uh, he likes our customer will call them or come in and say the car goes uh, beep 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 on the right hand side and let him worry about what's causing that if you come in with a idea of what's wrong you, you you make the technician start from scratch he needs to know the smell the vibration the location of it blah 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 and then he'll fix it for you one of the greatest things i've had with odd noises and things like that is a customer comes in and they've used their phone yeah. to get a recording of it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard because the microphones aren't the best. Yeah. But believe it or not, that can make a big difference. Great idea. Yeah, I just had somebody send me three uh, videos of a strange buzzing noise from the inside of their uh, Corolla. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah, good stuff. Okay. Oh, all right, I got some more here. Okay. All right. you, you, Rick, you're, uh, you're all warmed up, so we'll just go right back to you. See if you can handle this one. <laughs> Uh, hello, Rick. I have a 2005 Toyota Camry. When I checked the oil on the dipstick after the car had been sitting overnight, the oil was at, quote, at the full mark. Then I drove around for 20 minutes, turned the car off, and let the car sit for 10 minutes. After that, I checked the oil again, and the dipstick t seems to be very wet by the low mark and only slightly damp around the full mark and nearly dry. Uh, which one do you think is the correct reading? Do you think my oil is low? Mm. 
depending on what you're looking at, <coughs> because what you want to look for is that dividing line where the actual oil level is. And if the oil is real clean, sometimes it's hard to tell yeah. on that stick where it is. Uh, driving around, the oil splashes up all over the stick. So you need to pull it out, wipe it off, wait a few moments so that the oil that's in that tube has drained back down, then put it in and check it again. Uh, this gives you an accurate idea of what the oil level really is. And I think what you're also saying is uh, that probably can't happen, that your oil would be real high and after a short drive be real low. There's something wrong with the right. way you're looking at it. Yeah, and it may be that you may have checked it with the car on a slightly different level, mm -hmm. the spot where you're checking it. You need to have as flat a surface as possible yeah. and check it on that exact same spot each time. And also remember that some oil is going to be up in the engine, slowly dripping its way back down into the crankcase. So it can come back up by even another couple of millimeters on that stick. You know, I don't want to make cars more expensive, especially in, in today's market, but there's got to be a better way. It seems like such a primitive way to check the most like vital fluid well, in your car. Could, see, you know, that's, that's why there's... The Earth's most, rotation is yeah, throwing it off. And but most <laughs> dipsticks have about an inch and a half range mm -hmm. that is the safe range from okay. low to high. As long as you're somewhere in that range, up closer to the high mark, you're fine. There is a better way. It's called an electric vehicle. <laughs> there you go. Yep. I mean, really. Yep. I stepped right into that yeah, one. The, the combustion engine is uh, a dinosaur, and uh, it won't be around with us much longer. So hang on to that 2006 Mustang. You know, it'll be an antique. It could be a collector's item. Yeah, they said 19% uh, <laughs> of buyers now are, are ready or likely to make an electric vehicle their next purchase. Mm -hmm. yeah. Two years ago, it was only 5% of buyers. That's an amazing statement because yeah, we talked a, about that right here. Mm -hmm. I was That's attacked amazing. on Facebook uh, recently on my personal page. Uh, because I was bragging about the fact that uh, uh, I looked at my I, all the good stuff I have on my Prius app, um, and uh, after 31 days, I look at it and it tells me how much electricity I used, and I used uh, uh, $29 worth of electricity to charge my Prius in the last 31 days. Tesla. Tesla. <laughs> I mean, uh, Tesla. People would be like, you traded the plaid on a Prius? <laughs> and uh, I saved 75% uh, had I bought gasoline, so... Uh, so twenty nine dollars it costs you to drive your car for the month. For a month, yeah. Yeah, we were Hear talking that everybody. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. And, and yeah. then and then the but you you have there are people that are clinging to their combustion engines, and I was attacked, uh, you know, by people that it was tells me that that's not true. Okay, and blah blah blah. I mean, folks, uh, change is change. It's going to happen, and I promise you. Uh, and uh, by the mi middle of this century, uh, you're going to have an antique if you're driving a combustion-injured car. Yeah. So uh, yeah. nothing wrong with them if you got like to buy a lot of money for gas, but it's, uh, they're fun to drive for a lot of people. Yeah, and you and I had this discussion yesterday. Um, I'm going to put this out there for everybody, everyone to know, and I do apologize to you, Earl, for having to, well, Put your Tesla on hold for a while. <laughs> We're driving, or I'm driving the Avalon, and Earl drove the Avalon this morning. And we were talking. I was complaining about what it cost me to fill up my tank on my uh, Avalon, and Earl shared with me that information: twenty-nine dollars for the month to run his Tesla. 
Of course, so. it only went three miles. And Nancy, so. just spent, <laughs> and Nancy just spent $70 filling up her tank. So yeah. it's kind of dramatic when you look at it that way. You know, um, the Tesla is just a great car, but it definitely is a sports car. I'm a bit elderly, and my back, <laughs> my back, my back, my back. Anyway, the um, shock that it just takes that cervical, thoracic, sacroiliac boom and you're in a lot of pain anyway i'll get better soon 877-960-9960 and you can text us at 772-497-6530 now back to i'll take it okay i got i got one here uh this is a familiar topic i have a 2014 corolla s plus the paint is coming peeling off the roof and hood corners Car always goes to get washed at the dealership and hand wash. Always had Toyota. Never had this issue before. I wonder if there are other Toyota owners with the same issue. There definitely are. Yes. <laughs> and, oh dear. And if, um, it's a 2014, so oh. I think they're uh, f- uh, they're squarely in the uh, in the in the range on Corollas there. I think it goes up to four, 18 Corolla, I believe. Right. Hmm. Can I have a few seconds to vent? Rick, oh. you can have. Four seconds. I am <laughs> furious at Toyota <laughs> for the crappy quality of Uh-oh. their clear coat on these cars and the delamination of paint. Because even my 13 Tacoma, that I tell you, it had more wax put on that truck in the first eight years of its life than any vehicle ever deserves. And the paint is delaminating everywhere on no. my truck. Are you in the campaign? <laughs> My truck is not covered because it's the nautical blue, the dark blue, and I am furious with Toyota over this. It looks well, I'm gonna treat, horrible. I'm going to treat that like a phone call because what you should do is go to the service manager Uh-oh. and you should tell them uh, how loyal a customer you are now you've and how many Toyotas you bought and ask them to get it covered under goodwill and, and, to, and to at least, at the very least, uh, reduce the cost to you, and and if that if Mark can't get that, that's our service manager doesn't get that <laughs> paid for under goodwill with with the manufacturer, then then we 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 play our uh, trump card, which is uh, we will do the work at our cost, pay the technician what it costs to paint it, pay the cost of the paint, and uh, all we're asking the manufacturer to pay is uh, for that which will be a great reduction. And and I appreciate that immensely. But and I've actually already been speaking with Alan Napier about yeah. it. Um uh, for you know for getting okay. this done. We'll draw that line there. But yeah, yeah. Toyota yeah. And, and a lot of other manufacturers yeah. too. Alan Napier this. can't get it bought. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but I, we're, I have we're talking, noticed a, a lot of other talking, cars too we're talking, are having this issue. We're talking personal stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, but I think there is a message here uh, to all of you. All the manufacturers and almost all the dealers, if you have anything out of warranty, paint especially, uh, you're going to get a no. So anticipate the no when you have problems with paint on any car you have. Uh, Typically three years, 36,000 miles is the paint warranty, which is silly, Uh, especially if you take good care of your car, uh, as Rick did with his, waxing it every 20 minutes. So he should have had uh, a, a more... Uh, respect shown them by the dealer and the manufacturer. So you have to go and you have to start with higher up at the dealership. You have to go to the manufacturer uh, and you have to negotiate. And I found it in nine times out of ten with our customers, 
uh, you can get an adjustment. It might be a discount, it might be done at cost, or it might be completely free. But we've seen cars painted, whole cars painted, that have been thousands of miles and years out of warranty. And it can be done. So that's the message. Don't give up. Choose the right dealer and, and then go to the manufacturer or let the dealer go to the manufacturer on your bequest and it will yeah. you'll you'll 90% of the time you'll get something on an adjustment great advice okay let's move really on. is okay we're gonna move on but I'm going to talk about Denise and uh, if you don't remember who she is she was a caller a couple of weeks ago and she discussed with you her 2022 Volkswagen Tahoe and uh, she um, is looking for reimbursement on her rental expense I mean it was a 2022 and she only had the car seven months before you know she had all these problems with the engine harness and uh, we suggested the lemon law to her denise give us a call give us a follow-up we'd like to find out how that all turned out for you and whether you were able to take advantage of that cell phone number you know that uh, earl gave you so um a seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And for uh, those other people out there that might have a lemon law issue, uh, you can Google, and that's what I did uh, for Denise. All I did was Google lemon law lawyers, and there's a lot of them. And uh, uh, you uh, get one that'll take it on contingency. And uh, the lemon law is pretty clear. Uh, they know the law, and the dealer knows the law, and the manufacturer knows the law. Typically, they're decided by arbitration at the Better Business Bureau in Florida. And uh, if you have a case, uh, you're going to get a reimbursement of some amount. If you've driven the car longer, it'll be a lower amount. If it's a relatively new car, you'll get a higher amount. But if you have a lemon law issue, which means you took it to the dealer and they couldn't fix it or they wouldn't fix it, and you give them, you give them uh, three tries, you do, you, you do it in writing, and the Lemon Law L'Oreal will advise you on that. Again, great information. We're going to go back to the phones where uh, Julie is uh, holding from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. Welcome. Hi. Hi there. I had a comment and a question. Um, I have a 2021 Corolla um, that I did not buy from your dealership. I wish I had after reading your column and watching your, and listening to your show. Um, before the car was even a year old, the battery died. And... You know, when I bought my car, I asked the car dealer, where's the emergency brake? And he said, when you park it, engages it. When you, um, you know, put the car in power, it disengages it, which is all fine and well until your battery dies. I called up the tow truck company, and they couldn't put it on the flatbed because they couldn't disengage the brake. Then they sent another tow truck, uh, tow truck out, and they lifted it up by the wheels and towed it. And I asked the tow truck driver, is oh, this boy. a problem? And he said, you wouldn't believe. Is that just a Corolla or a Toyota or all new car manufacturers doing that? That's a whole lot of new cars are going to the electric parking brake and electric park to where you cannot even put the car in neutral. If the mm -hmm. electrical system is a problem, you can't even shift into neutral to be able that to... I, that I found out. <laughs> yeah. And like with smart key cars, cars that have the uh, just the little remote fob and a push button start mm -hmm. even if you put the car in a neutral if there's an electrical problem with the car the steering lock will not disengage so again you right. can't push the car like if the car were dropped off at the dealership and we had to push it in, inside the shop we mm -hmm. can't steer the car to push it 
Right. It's it's something that the engineers never happen to stop to think about is what happens when there's a problem with these cars. They right. didn't put in a backup system, a redundancy. Yeah, so I can ask if there was anything, but I guess there is nothing. No. Nope. The new cars they'll make, they'll change, but... Yeah, well, Julie, 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 let me let me say this. I first of all, I didn't know that, and I learned a lot from Rick. Um, I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> what the manufacturers are doing, right. and I hope there's some lawyers out there listening because, you know, there is a warranty on the car. Uh, the warranty on the car, uh, you're you're uh, you've got a 2021. You're completely mm -hmm. covered under warranty. So here you have right. an issue. There's warranty on the battery, a virtually new battery. Uh, right. There, there, there is something in the law called consequential damages. So mm -hmm. you, you had to pay a tow truck, and you shouldn't have had to because of the bad design uh, and mm -hmm. the lack of uh, forethought by the engineers that designed that car. So mm -hmm. the manufacturer should be liable for that tow and any other... Right. Uh, damages. So I'm glad you told me about that. I was certainly. Uh, were you were you compensated for the tow? No. Well, you should be. And you go to the dealer and uh, and and demand it. And uh, mm -hmm. you, uh, she should have a Toyota Care, which is a two-year oh, yeah. uh, roadside yeah. assistance program. I, 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 Good point. I did use I did use Toyota for one of my tows, and, and of course it was free. Um, but the other problem I encountered was this was back in August of last year, mm -hmm. and you know there was a shortage of everything. And at first they said they didn't think they had a battery, and I said, "How long would it take?" And they said, "Well, it could be a month or more." Luckily, they found one at the dealership because I don't know if I would have had to pay for the rental for all that while. But it was even a problem obtaining a battery at that point. Yeah, no, you're no right. Toyota would have covered the rental car, and I know mm -hmm. that for a fact because we have several cars sitting in our parking garage right now with customers out in rental cars because we're still waiting on back-ordered batteries. God. Yeah, Julie, yeah. You're, you're bringing up some very good points that are of interest to a lot of listeners. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of people still think car dealers are affiliated with a manufacturer. Well, only by a contract called the franchise agreement. The car dealers right. are independent businesses, and some of them, some of them are good. More, more of them are not so good. And, right. And... When you go to a car dealership and you get a no, and you're talking to a service advisor in the service drive or whatever they mm -hmm. call themselves, he's really a salesman. He's on commission, right. and uh, you need to go higher up. You need to go to a service manager, and sometimes mm -hmm. that's not high enough. Sometimes you have to try to get to a general manager or even right. the manufacturer. So uh, they really took advantage of you, and I'm really sorry mm -hmm. that happened. But. Uh, you you should be get that other toe. You'll get you'll get it paid for if you stand right. up and, and bring it up the ladder. Right. Yeah, I thought you might appreciate that story because I hear you talking about how stupid some of the manufacturers <laughs> are with things they've done to the car. And yeah. I didn't know. If, I mean, I didn't know it. I didn't know if your listeners were aware that is a problem when the batteries or the electrical system gone for a while. That's the stupidest thing. I can't believe yeah. the manufacturers did that. So has that rendered mm -hmm. like a the most common type of tow truck? ineffective on newer cars no because if it's simply the issue with overcoming the electric parking brake you would jump start the car uh, hook up a, a battery yeah. jumper to it and you can then disengage that parking brake to get it up onto the flatbed of a, of a tow truck so the battery is dead as a door now if the battery yeah. is totally stone cold huh. dead and the tow truck doesn't have a proper jump starter box or jump start cables then they would have to get a regular tow truck raise the car up and put dollies under the back wheels 
Or you'd have to literally drag it onto the tow truck. Which could possibly damage. Is going to damage the tires. Detrimental to the the car. That is a great call. I'll tell you what. You you not only advise a lot of listeners, you advise, you know, Josh and I and Nancy. Rick knew about it, but we didn't know about it. No. So this is is great news. Because they tried jump-starting my car three times, that wouldn't work. So it was absolutely dead. Um, but if you have to call a tow truck, I would say call a dolly because I waited three hours between two tow trucks coming, exactly. and the dolly was the ultimate one. So if your battery's totally dead, ask for a dolly tow truck. Amazing. If you, if you don't have an e-brake, let, them, let them know. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, uh, Julie, I, I want to thank you for the call, and I also want to let you know that you can go to uh, Earl on Cars and pull up uh, a lot of uh, columns that uh, he talks about the manufacturer and mm-hmm. uh, the consumer, and it's a really, they're all great reads and very educational, but you definitely sound like a very educated and consumer. Julie, I think that might be my next column, uh, your call, because <laughs> I, now I learned something I didn't know about it. If I don't know about it, and I'm a car dealer, think about all yeah. the customers out there that don't know about it. So yeah. I will alert the uh, the media. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Okay. Well, thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. We're going to go uh, straight uh, back to the phones, and then we're going to take and we're going to talk to Rick. He's got some YouTubes. Frank, um, a regular caller from Jupiter Farms. Welcome, Frank. Well, good morning, Nancy and Earl and all the rest of the gang. It's hey, always Frank. fun to say hi. Morning. And um, after listening to your show this morning with them talking about the gas prices, which I figure everyone's talking about nowadays, um, and back to the old days of 55 mile an hour speed limits. So that's very true. And um, driving on I-95, <clears throat> you can watch the people flying by you. <laughs> if, um, if I'm around 55 or 60, I think the best thing, too, over the years of how they go on from two-speed transmissions, like in my first car, the 57 Chevy, to today they have eight, maybe ten speeds. Um, my pickup truck has a ten-speed automatic. So it keeps it in a nice low RPM range um, when you're cruising. But like they said, just keep a steady state. And um, I notice now while I'm driving down the highway with that new car that we got that has lane assist or lane keep or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. um, if you try and change your lane, found your turning signal it pulls you back in your lane and the steering wheel vibrates and mm. so when i see cars passing me and if they put on their turning signals which is obviously the thing you should do i realize they probably have the lane assist in their cars and they don't like the steering wheel vibrating <laughs> and the ones that just cut you off anyway obviously are older cars but back to 95 here's one quick rebu- re- result i've seen over the years especially now if people slow down they'll save gas but um i think when they're on i-95 they think 95 is the speed limit and not the highway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's a bad joke, I know. No, <laughs> no that's very true. Uh, that's it, very true. It, it is true. I mean, isn't it, you, you wonder why people disobey laws. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just like a dog. When they uh, poop on the carpet and you don't do anything, they keep on pooping on the carpet. Uh, you get on 95, you can't go. Uh, 55, otherwise you'll get rear-ended. Uh, we had an earlier caller talking about how he uh, got good gas mileage by going uh, 55, and uh, I said stay in the right lane, because otherwise you'll be rear-ended. So you go anywhere on, on an expressway today, <coughs> if you try to go the speed limit, you're, gonna, you're endangering your life, other people's lives, and the 
highway patrol ignores it. The police ignore it. So when you ignore people committing crimes, whether it's doing 75 in the 55 zone, and let me tell you, they totally ignore that, or it's car dealers charging hidden fees to people and not prosecuting the car dealer. If you don't enforce the law, you encourage the breaking of the law, and that's where we are. So No accountability. Yeah, no accountability, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Everything you say every week is so, <laughs> so well-received and so good for your audience. It's a, it's a great show you do, and I'm, I'm glad you keep at it. So Thanks so much, Frank. Weekend, Thanks, Frank. And I'll be quiet for a change and not talk too much. <laughs> Thanks so much, Frank. We really enjoy hearing from you and Anne-Marie. Um, 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, I want to take a moment and mention Earl's Vigilantes, and uh, he hasn't had his hat on this Saturday morning. Why you, you put the hat on? But um, it looks better on you. I don't know. I think... Uh Okay. If you win. <laughs> um, at any rate, Earl's Vigilantes, let me tell you what, you can help us out. We can't do it all here, and we have some great people that have uh, joined in. And uh, not only are you helping, you know, a lot of uh, listeners, but uh, a whole lot of people in uh, your community. And you don't have to know how to take an engine apart, uh, but just go to... Uh, Earl on cars and you can sign up also um, you can uh, volunteer as a um, uh, to help you know the seniors get around uh, this uh, this digital age and not everybody can maneuver their way around the internet so you can sign up for that too so you can go to Earl on cars and take a look and sign up thank you so much and isn't this the greatest show in the world? I have to say that. I really feel that. It's so positive. You can call here and get free information. And our callers, uh, they're amazing. They share information with us uh, that we, we don't know. So, And everyone here on the panel, I have to thank everybody uh, for all of their you know, input. And uh, we're going to go back to, we have no more phone calls, so we're going to go back to Rick. And we've got a couple here. Um, first one is from Hi, who is in Southern California. Hi, hi. And hi. I, I used that one. <laughs> and he says, by the way, he says, fuel prices there are almost $6 a gallon already. Where is this? Southern California. California. Oh, wow. Yep. And he says, why are some of the Porsche dealerships so snappy when there are no cars? And I asked him what he meant by snappy. He said, hmm. well, they're just rude. Not sure how they make money, just poor customer service skills. It seems post-COVID and less the less they care, they just don't feel like they should be customer friendly. How do they make money when they act like that? Well, that kind of defies our experience with luxury car dealers. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know the answer to that. We, we're doing a series of luxury car shops and uh, at the request of our listeners, because we typically didn't, and uh, our last shop was BMW. Uh, so uh, we found that the luxury car dealers tend to treat their customers uh, nicer than the Hyundai and Kia and the Toyota dealers. Mm. I, I have a theory that like we're in a seller's market now, and in some dealership cultures, it's a us versus them. Like the customers are the like they're the enemies somehow. And and now that like the dealers are holding all the cards, I think a lot of the evil salespeople and dealers are you know 
now they're, they feel emboldened and now oh, now they uh, can exact their revenge on the customers who've yeah, been trying to get a good if price. Don't, if you don't uh, buy the car, uh, the hell with you. Yeah. That guy over uh, there that's pulled on the drive, he's pulling, he'll drive. There's a lot of people who want this car. Exactly. So they're just, I think they're uh, getting rid of a lot of the built up tension. They. Oh boy. Okay. Just a theory. And from our friend Negan One in Arizona, he says, uh, a good friend and a neighbor of his is a deputy sheriff, and he said they're actually doing stakeouts on various vehicles for catalytic converter thefts. Apparently, they're having quite a wave out there. Mm -hmm. And they he don't actually, have a lot of time on their hands uh, out there with uh, <laughs> well, uh, no drugs, murders, rapes, robberies. <laughs> they're, they're staking out good cars. It's the safest town, and, safest watching, town of the country. Yeah, watching out for you, but. <laughs> but remember, we had a uh, quite a rash of that here oh, yeah. at one point. Maybe, maybe, the yeah. maybe the donuts are too well, high priced. Well, uh, what that what is it? There's a oh, I'm there's gold in them. They're converters. Platinum. Platinum. There's <laughs> platinum and other precious metals inside catalytic converters. It was land cruisers, and they just they uh, caused quite a bit of yep. damage to some land cruisers. Hey, well, it's because the, the SUVs and the trucks are generally high enough off the ground mm -hmm. that someone can simply slide up under there with a battery-operated reciprocating saw cut right through the exhaust in a few moments, and boom, they're gone that quickly. I noticed they have a nice uh, like silver-looking chain. What is that made of, right? <laughs> Silver. Okay, just making sure. Hey, I got some precious metals in my body here. My knees, I better keep an eye on things. Yep, a platinum <laughs> pin in you. <laughs> All right. <coughs> and to, to go along with that, you'd be amazed at some of the photos that I've seen on Facebook and on the internet from other technicians on things that people have created with steel cages built around the catalytic converters on their exhaust Fascinating, to right? try to prevent theft. Has, has anybody had their catalytic converter stolen? I've heard nothing about it. It used to happen a long time ago, but <laughs> I, there's there's another big rash of them happening again. Uh, you know, I haven't heard yeah. about it. You know. yeah, it was a big deal like 10, 15 years ago, but this is the first it I've heard about it since. Back then. All right. Let's see. Uh, next one we have here is uh, coming in from our buddy Donovan and he's saying that uh, checking the oil in his opinion you want the dipstick and one of the classes that I've had recently was with the new Toyota Supra the Toyota Supra does not have an oil dipstick to it and the procedure for checking the oil it has to go to a dealership and we actually have to do a certain drive pattern with the car, then connect a, a computer Jeez. to the car, and my computer has to talk to the car. And this can take over an hour and a half to do. This has to be a BMW thing. It is. This is coming because Supra is made by BMW. Hmm. So, yeah, modern cars, that simple little dipstick for checking the oil, trust me, folks, it's the best technology ever. But now they've made it super complicated on some of these, and it's only going to hurt people in the long run. Uh, let's in the long see. run, there won't be any dipsticks or combustion engines, so <laughs> and you don't have to worry about it. Again, I think you're right on because Donovan even says, with the increase in gasoline prices, have you seen more foot traffic into the dealership for people looking at plug-in Toyotas? He says, and he's quite up on Tesla technology. Yeah, Josh he says, answered that question a while ago. Yeah. He says, Tesla has reported they've seen a 100% increase in orders in many locations around the country. Well, we so, haven't. Oh, Josh, answer the question again, because we have new people tuning in. 
Yeah, no, there, yeah, like I said, we, we haven't seen the immediate rush into uh, demand for, you know, uh, alternative fuel vehicles. Of course, you know, we, we have hybrids, but um, Toyota does, doesn't have an electric lineup yet. Right. Well, I, I totally agree with Earl on this one. Mm -hmm. Electric is going to be the wave of the future for cars. Myself, I just hope I'm all young enough now that I'll be able to see that wave of autonomous cars come in when... I don't even have to own a car. I could just use an app. The car will pick me up, take me where I want to go, and let somebody else worry about all the headaches of it. Well, I, I, I can second that because I'm, I'm 81 years old, and and one of these days they're not going to let me drive anymore. And uh, i got to take a driving test in two years. Uh, I think I'm pretty good, but uh, you, never, you never know. So I hope that I have an autonomous car that I can uh, just hop in and say, take me to Walgreens, take me to uh, Earl Stewart Toyota, take me to the Sunoco station, mm -hmm. and uh, I won't have to worry about driving. Just take what Why would you have to go to the Sunoco station? You're exactly right. <laughs> to, to buy a Coke. Hey, let's get, let's get back to hopping. That's where the money is. Let's, yeah. get, let's get back to hopping. Yeah. As long as we can hop, as you mentioned, hop on, pop. I just want to be no, able I, to I just I want to remind a lot of people out there, they're, you know, I, I guess I'm more sensitive to the elderly population now that I've joined it. But uh, think about it. Uh, think about what it means to, to some of you out there who can't drive, some of you out there who are driving without a license and you shouldn't be, uh, some of you out there that you're driving but you're your, your sons and daughters say, Dad or Mom, you shouldn't be driving. Uh, what is worse than giving up that car that you've been driving all your life? Yeah. And we will see it uh, in, in a few years where you'll be able to have that autonomous car. And the car I'm driving now, uh, Josh and Nancy and Rick know this, the car I'm driving now, uh, my Tesla, uh, is totally autonomous. But I can't drive it totally autonomously because uh, the Tesla software is such that I have to be a very, very, very good driver. In order for me to get have them, before Elon Musk will flip the switch <laughs> and allow me to say, take me to the Taco Bell and take me home, before I can do that with total autonomy, uh, I have to have a 100 score, perfect driving score for 100 miles. And I, I, I got up to 96. <laughs> And then the other day, I, I was following too close, and I got an, and I dropped back to 95. I can't get up to 100, but that I'm just in my little vignette there. So that's uh, all we need, all need to vent. Autonomy Rick? will come. Now I, I've also read an article recently that said that the federal government watching over you know the the NA, uh, NHTSA has said that yes, in the very near future, they're also going to be allowing. Uh, designs of cars that will not even have driver input controls. In other words, the car would be completely autonomous with no way for the driver or the, the passengers in the car to even control it at all. Of course. I mean, because, because the ultimate computer will be far better and far safer than the human. Will they be perfect? No. Autonomous cars, I don't care how good they get, there's always going to be accidents. But yep. here, here's something. The autonomous only lanes where they go 120 miles an hour. Yeah. Here, here's an interesting thing. I, I never thought of this. Maybe you did or somebody out there listening did. They just came up with an app 
that is a <coughs> pairs with your autonomy thing uh, that pairs with the car and uh, it's available they're built they're they're making the app now and ultimately everyone will be carrying this app it'll be in your watch or it'll be on your iphone and it will tell the car exactly where you are this was precipitated by the uber autonomous car being tested that ran over a pedestrian so somebody's thinking hey i got an idea the idea was the app you have it the app on your watch if if i had that app in the watch of the pedestrian that was run over uh, the car would have known exactly where you are yep. and and the car would have said hey there's a guy 20 feet in front of me I'm going to slam on my brakes, and you would have stopped. The guy's life would have been saved. So that's the kind of thing that's happening that is just absolutely amazing. Don't forget your watch at home, people. What's really amazing to me is this: all this technology has come out <clears throat> in the last 30 to 40 years. You, you look back at cars back no, in the wrong. 80s. You're wrong. All this, most of this technology has come out in the last five years. Right. The sum total of human knowledge after World War II was doubling every 40 years. The sum total of human knowledge now doubles every 12 hours. So, and, and it's increasing so fast. Yeah. Imagine what we're going to have in another 10 years. We can't. We cannot uh, imagine. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. You can't imagine. Yeah. Okay. Good Where stuff. I got some, a uh, couple yeah, texts in a... Uh, feedbacks before we jump into the mystery shopping report. Um, Earl, love your show. Curious as to why you picked Toyota as your dealership versus other manufacturers. Uh, I hate to do an infomercial, <laughs> but uh, I, I was a Pontiac dealer, and the Pontiac was a piece of junk, and a, a gas guzzler, and the quality was terrible. And uh, when I experienced the Toyota, I found out it was a far superior vehicle. Uh, it still is. It's still one of the greatest cars on earth. I say a lot of bad things about Toyota. Uh, I got a lot of big shots at Toyota that, that don't like me, and I got I got all the Toyota dealers don't like me. But I just tell it like I see it. Sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm right. But it's uh, the Japanese built a great car. Honda now is a great car. The Nissan, the Subaru. Let me read you something about Subaru, and it's in the automotive news. I'll make it brief. Uh, here's the headline. This is from the CEO of Subaru. His name is Tom Dahl, D-O-L-L. Tom Dahl, headline says, Subaru's kind of plea, don't be a car dealer. And basically, uh, Dahl sent a letter out to all Subaru dealers and said, you know, we don't screw our customers. Uh, we are transparent and honest, and you're a Subaru dealer. Uh, he says, stores, stores that charge over sticker price are breaking the promise that we make as Subaru dealers. They're acting like a stereotypical car dealer, taking advantage of the current imbalance between supply and demand is something a car dealer would do. Now this is from the CEO, and if you think I'm kidding you, here it is right here. It's a CEO, Tom Dahl of Subaru. Now, you can hear the footsteps behind you, you car dealers that are screwing the customers. And the manufacturers, and they're not the first. General Motors has said things like that. Toyota said things like that. Ford has said things like that. Everybody's waking up to what car dealers are doing. And you're worried about your franchise. You're worried about uh, your, your next generation of car dealers. Let me tell you something. You don't get your act straight and you don't start listening, the consumers are wising up fast. 
and they will soon start giving their business to the car dealers that treat them right. And this is what uh, Tom Bell of Subaru. By the way, Subaru is one of the best Japanese cars on the market, mm -hmm. and they are also the dealers also treat you better. And if you want to buy a new vehicle, you can do a lot worse than a Subaru, and you'll be treated right in most cases. You know, I like that article. Yeah. And but I like my article, and that's. I didn't um, know you'd written one. Hmm? I didn't know you'd written one. I did. Oh. <laughs> uh, what I wanted to share with the audience was in the automotive news, Toyota's answer to "Dude, where's my car?" <laughs> great, great idea that they had at the National Automobile Automobile Dealers Association meeting just this past Sunday, and what they're concentrating on is Project. ETA, yeah. You ever wonder? I mean, estimated time of arrival, ETA, that's really quite a statement. Well, what they're concentrating on is three things, and that is to improve the transparency of where a vehicle is in the delivery process. Number two, provide more timely notifications even before the production. Three, improve the accuracy of the data that will be shared with dealers and their customers. Geez, what a great idea. Have you heard when you purchase a car? You know, um, it's on its way or it'll be here in three to six months. It's uh, quite a statement to make. So mm -hmm. that's the article I wanted to share with everyone. I believe that we are going, do you have another? I have one or two, text? unless we can jump in. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, do you need to get an alignment each time you get new tires installed or switching out your winter tires for summer tires? My dealership up in Cleveland recommends it, but I'm not necessarily, necessarily sure it's re uh, required. I can answer that. I know Rick wants to answer it, but I'm going to answer it. Uh, the answer is check the alignment. They should check it for you free. They have very sophisticated alignment machines now, computerized, give, tell you exactly uh, if your car is in and if it's out, exactly how it's out. Ask to see a copy of that uh, report and that'll tell you. But when car dealers say, I recommend an alignment and they haven't checked it, they're trying to sell you something and make a profit. So you should always check your alignment every time you go into a car dealership or a service department. If you get your cars out of alignment, it could cost you a lot of money. So check it, but only do it when they prove to you that it does need checking. All right. Sounds oh. good. Okay. So, well, yeah, folks, short, we are going to get to the mystery shopping report, and uh, we mystery shop Bremen BMW no. Jupiter. And uh, I want to point out to everyone, you are an important part of this mystery shop. We'd love for you to vote on it. So uh, vote. You can text us. You can text uh, Josh at 772-497-6530. That's mystery shop of Bremen BMW of Jupiter. Okay, the three things, and I'm speaking, Stu wrote this, and he's not with us, uh, Josh is sitting in for him, uh, and uh, as usual, he's done a good job of putting this together, uh, taking the, uh, the notes from Agent Lightning, who was our best mystery shopper ever. Uh, here are three things I know about Raymond BMW. It's the only car dealership in Jupiter, Florida. It's been uh, five years since we mystery shopped them, and they have a B. 
on the gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. You'll want to write that down. It's important. It's at earloncars.com, but you could go straight to gooddealerbaddealerlist.com, and you can find the dealers that we recommend and the ones we don't recommend. That's mainly in this area. So if you're outside this area, uh, we don't have a list for you. Uh, At the request of our listeners, uh, we've begun to focus on luxury dealers for our mystery shopping report. Last week, it was Wallace Cadillac who did really well. They got a B. That's a high high score. We grade on the curve. So uh, we we try not to fail anybody too badly or too often because then you wouldn't have any place to buy a car. Um, They did have a, a modest addendum markup and some other hidden fees and all the dealers do that. That's the reason I say we, we grade on the curve. Uh, the real highlight was a salesman, uh, Ted, uh, a former manager. Ted was a professional and uh, never threw up any surprises or applied pressure. Uh, first class. And a lot of people buy cars from the salesman, not the dealership. Uh, if you can find a salesperson that you know is honest and transparent, he'll tell you things uh, the sales manager won't tell you. Uh, he'll be straight with you. And if you can find the salesman like that, even though the dealership leaves something to be desired, you're in good shape. Just be sure you read him right. Be sure he is being straight with you. Uh, the results we got at Wall's Cadillac may have been a sign that luxury franchises uh, in this age of car deal excess are avoiding joining the orgy of extreme profiteering that seems to be everywhere, and it truly is. It's, it's really terrible, um, the prices that we're seeing uh, cars, new and used, changing hands at thousands of dollars over what it was a short time ago. Uh, we need to take a look at a few other luxury dealers to be sure, and that's what brought us to Brayman BMW in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, like I said, it was five years since our last report of them. Brayman BMW of Jupiter is easy to ignore. They're a little small dealership on Indian Town Road, uh, and there's a little editorial comment here by Stu. He says, we feel the the road should be renamed Jupiter Boulevard. So, uh, so it's a pet project of yeah, his for some reason. Stu's a little strange, and <laughs> we, we just look the other way when he makes these comments. But um, I actually happen to agree with him because Indian Town, you know, it's uh, it used to be there's a little bit of the Indian Town out there. Nobody cares about this except locals. And he used to tell people, if you're on this road, you're heading to Indian Town. Well, nobody cares about Indian Town anymore because it's just a little bitty town. And uh, I digress. Um, as I mentioned, the only one in Jupiter. They keep quiet uh, without a lot of TV advertising because they're paired with the one in West Palm Beach that's huge, um, one of the largest BMW dealers in the world. And they kind of advertise together, actually. So if you happen to live on the northern end, you, uh, you visit Jupiter. Otherwise, you go to the big one uh, in West Palm Beach. Um, Agent Lightning is the energizer bunny of mystery shoppers. Boy, what a nugget we found with uh, Agent Lightning. Uh, first of all, it was a female shopper, which we desperately needed. We were using male shopper after male shopper. And not only we get a female, but we got someone that really, really understands car dealers. And she learned on the job. And she's fearless. She is totally fearless. Uh, she tirelessly scours the field for the best targets. She picks out the good ones. And we asked her to laser in on luxury dealerships. So, uh, we had a classic girl in cars expose in the making. Our expectation was that Bremer would, would continue in its mild-mannered ways and maintain its speed grade. It's hard to imagine 
Uh, I like this one. <laughs> Stu comes up with some words. The Napolization. And if for the new listeners, uh, there's a there's a Napleton car dealership chain. Big. They're really big. They're like in the top 25 or 30 in the country. I think they have like 30-some-odd dealerships. Uh, the father of the current Ed Napleton, uh, I think Ed Napleton Sr., uh, started out in 1934. Uh, before I started the business, and my father started the business in 1937, so uh, a multi-generational dealership. Uh, and everyone we've ever shopped are terrible. I mean, they, are, they, they, they really take advantage of the customers, and we just stopped shopping them for a while because they were so bad, we just knew. And so hence, the Napolization is the ultimate insult. <laughs> uh, and we wanted to find out if Norman Brayman, uh, Brayman and Jupiter, was Napolized, and <laughs> we'll find out as we read through this. I hope some Napoling people are listening. I want to get some anonymous feedback. <laughs> uh, okay, speaking the first person as if I were Agent Lightning, I arrived mid-morning and found a greeter waiting for me as soon as I stepped in the front door. Uh, greeters are people that, you know, be sure that someone walks on the lot or in the showroom is taken care of immediately. A lot of dealers employ greeters. I told her I hoped to see a new car. She asked me to wait while she located a salesperson. A few minutes later, I was introduced to Sean. Sean asked me which model interested me. He said, inventory is scarce and he wants to be sure we don't go on a wild goose chase. I said I was open to either the 400 or the 500 series. Uh, Sean asked me if I would consider a used car and said we may have more luck finding something today if it were used. I, I told him I had my heart set on new. And uh, that's tr truth everywhere, folks. If you're if you're shopping for a car, you'll find the dealer has a lot more used and available, uh, but the prices are still crazy, so you're paying too much for used, just like you're paying too much for new, but there will be a better selection. So, uh, He told me about a 530i BMW that just come in, still wrapped in plastic, Ooh. and asked me to follow up to the roof, follow him up to the roof of the parking garage. Uh, he wasn't sure if it was there, but we found it quickly. Sean asked me to follow him and back down to the showroom where he could get the key and then uh, go up and get the car and bring it back down. He led me to his desk and left uh, to get the car by saying he'd meet me in front with the new 2022 BMW 530i in Phytonic Blue. Where do they come up with these names? They, they have poets on retainer. I Purely think. stupid. Phytonic. <laughs> yeah, what color is your car? Phytonic Blue. Yeah. Oh, the metallic. It's a Phytonic Blue metallic. Uh, can you imagine if the police used that when a car was stolen? I think that's your shirt color is Phytonic Blue. It's not Phytonic. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'll say from now on. <laughs> um, and said, that, um, and, and Sean said that BMW was being directly impacted by the war in Ukraine, uh, holding most of its European production. So he could blame Putin for the high price on this car. Uh, <laughs> He told me that between the two Brabham BMW locations, Jupiter West Palm, uh, they have just 12 new vehicles. And I believe it. I mean, I don't think we have 12, do, do we, Josh? I mean... Uh, not, yeah, not that aren't spoken for. That aren't spoken for, yes, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, so two dealerships, 12 cars. That's what happens. So you're going to have to order a car. But this car was here. Sean went over the four-year, 50,000-mile BMW warranty 
and I'll let me know on my first uh, three maintenance visits, up to 30,000 miles are paid for. That's not untypical today. A lot of manufacturers are doing that. And the maintenance, if you did pay for it yourself, it's negligible on today's you know, new cars. Finally, Sean has asked if I wanted to see the pricing for this ultimate driving machine. I said I was concerned about the markups he mentioned before. And, uh, hmm. He assured me. Yeah. I think Nancy stapled the, the thing to better <laughs> together wrong. She tore it apart. Well, I don't know where I am now. Oh, Sean, me over when I left. Anybody got one the, the right order? There we go. Go to the next page. <clears throat> okay, okay. Our test driver assured me uh, that he would work with me. They always say that. I'll work with you. That is to make you believe that the salesperson is aligning himself with you, that he's on your side, and that he will be your um, ally and going after the manager to get a lower price. So they'll work with you. Uh, the game. The game is played everywhere. BMW, Kia, uh, Toyota, it's the game is played. Um, but there would be some kind of markup. <laughs> some kind of markup. Fair he, warning. Yeah. Fair warning. He left to speak with the sales manager. I wait for eight minutes before Sean returned with a worksheet. Nancy's going to show me that she did staple it correctly, and I was wrong. Well, your and notes I, are on here. And I apologize. I, uh, uh, he enthusiastically told me that his manager agreed to mark it up only $5,000. <laughs> oh, that's so generous. Yeah, right. Very. He said the manager was doing this special deal for me because I was a Jupiter local, uh, <laughs> and then I asked him why he hated Jupiter locals. A little, <laughs> jo little joke there. I'm kidding. I did not say that. <laughs> the sale price was sixty-five thousand six forty, five thousand over MSRP. Only five thousand. Only five thousand, <coughs> as promised. So uh, then they added uh, the nine hundred ninety-eight dollars in optional items: nitrogen in the tires, permaplate protection. Uh, the sale price was sixty-six thousand six thirty-eight, and then they added a <laughs> nine eighty-nine document prep fee. And a four seventy five dollar fee that looked suspiciously like a combination e filing and tag agency fee, and all those are uh, code for hidden fees and dealer profit, and that's what we talked about earlier in the program about lack of transparency in selling cars. After hitting all that, my actual price between before taxes was sixty seven thousand. Now we're up to sixty four hundred and seventy three dollars over MSRP. I asked Sean about any discount. There would be none. <laughs> I said I needed to talk to my husband, but he would not be available until much later. He asked me to wait for a sales manager, uh, and Sean left. The sales manager was back on Jiffy, or he was back on Jiffy with Nick, the sales manager. Nick wanted me to know that the inventory shortage is real. He said he didn't want to be pushy, but if I really wanted a car, he'd love to get it. ASAP because he knows it will not last long in the market. And sadly, he's telling the truth. Mm -hmm. I repeated what I told Sean about my husband. Sean locked the door, and then I left. And there you have it. So remember, we, we grade on the curve, and uh, that means that we're going to give him a score based on how does he compare with the behavior of all the other car dealers in the United States. 
with what would happen if you walked into their dealership. And if they did really well with respect to them, they get a higher score. Uh, even though they did other things that we know are wrong, like hidden fees and uh, marking up MSRP. So there you have it. And now we throw it out there to a vote. And uh, as Nancy said earlier, we'd love to hear your vote um, on a scale of A, B, C, D, or F. If, if it's an F, then we put them on the do not buy list. If they score above an F, we put them on the recommended list, but we put the grade there so you can get the higher recommended recommended dealers and the lower recommended dealers. So, hmm. Who's got a score out there? I got a couple that came in on text. Okay. And I'm, uh, I'm surprised. Uh, Mark says A for the salesman, B for the dealership. Um, and Bob gives B for BMW. Hmm. Rick? Running a little slow on YouTube today, but uh, Tim Gilliland still pushing nitrogen C and Tom Steckel C plus high markup but nitrogen and permaplate could be removed Brian Sidlaco C plus take it or leave it <laughs> uh, let's see no, that's up oh, here we go Negan D for don't buy <laughs> I have a correction to make and I apologize <laughs> to Mark I was reading his grade from a previous uh, mm. mystery shop so he, he's He's clearly a D, too many cash add-on and fees. So apologies to Mark. And I've got FHL with a C and Waggle 90 with a C. So it looks like YouTube is coming along with this pretty much a C to D average here. I'm going to go with a C myself. Uh, they, they seem to be pretty open about everything they were doing and weren't really out of the ballpark compared to the rest of what we're seeing but at least they, they laid things out they didn't nothing seemed to be totally hidden away yeah and they were they were extremely short of cars i mean uh, putting things in perspective uh Brayman bmw is either number one or number two volume bmw dealer in the world and so for him to have six cars each or 12 cars between two dealerships that's being out of cars. That's so, rough. So, uh, hey, yeah. and uh, Nancy and I were talking the car coming in, and uh, I said, you know, a $5,000 markup on a BMW is not like a $5,000 markup on a Kia or a Hyundai. Uh, the people that are buying the Kias and the Hyundais, um, that extra 5000 means a whole lot more to them than the fat cat buying the BMW. And, uh, I mean, I don't say that justifies the markup, but you know we're, we're seeing uh, luxury car dealers charging huge amounts over MSRP, and uh, you know if you're it's kind of if you're a millionaire or a billionaire, you know an extra five grand or ten grand is chump change. If you're out there, hardworking guy, and you you want to buy a car, extra five grand could just put you right out of the market. Yep. Nancy, what's your grade? Well. <clears throat> I don't like it. It stinks. $5,000 over MSRP, nitrogen, all of these add-ons. Come on. I mean, we are living in an element now. Has BMW sold enough cars? I think they have. They have a shortage. Excuses, excuses. You know, we talk about uh, transportation disruptions. We talk about uh, microchips, everything. Why do we have to take advantage of everyone? I mean, just, it's, it's ridiculous. For that, they get a D. 
Yeah, I, I, I hear you, Nancy. I, I feel like my first initial reaction was, oh, this is not too bad. It's, but I think we've been beaten down by the, oh. by the market in the sad state of affairs where like a $5,000 addendum and a $2,000 in fees is warrants a passing grade. But in, in this market, like you said, the salesman was up front, says there's going to be a markup. They just laid it out and they were very pol- polite. So, but I can't in, my, in good conscience Give a, a give a C to this. I'll give it a D plus. And I've got a couple others here with Wayne, an F, Kirk in West by God, Virginia, C because only the excessive ADM and the hidden fees. And Cram sixteen twenty four D. I'm not happy with the five grand markup. So yeah, it seems to be uh, CD range, but yeah, I. You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna give him I'll give him a C plus. Yeah. Um, I uh, uh, if anything they're they're slightly above average, um, and uh, among all dealers, but uh, among BMW dealers I don't know. Among luxury car dealers I'm not so sure, but uh, uh, all the offenses we see are just so commonplace. If we're true to grading on the curve, you can't flunk them, and uh, I hear you. that's where we are. Yeah, they didn't have a, a low price advertised and then they surprised them with that. It was all pretty much laid out. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the uh, YouTuber, if we have a second here from West Virginia, triggered a current automotive news article in my mind. Uh, we talk about how the uh, legislators, the state legislators, are lobbied by car dealers and their associations uh, to make laws to favor them, to allow them to get away with what they do. And uh, in West Virginia, uh, they, they're passing a law now saying that when you do a software update on a car, that you have to compensate the dealer. So um, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what they mean, a software update like I give to my Tesla, which all I do is drive the car and it updates the software. I can't imagine I that. think that would have to be it because right now dealers are compensated. Yeah. When, you, when you bring your car in, yeah. If we're going to do a software update, whether it's to the engine ECU or any of the other computers, or even just a radio software update, uh, the de- the dealership is paid by the manufacturer under warranty yeah. for those updates. So now apparently they're going just to the flashes that they do Wi-Fi. Wow. So um, it's amazing what the lobbyists can get away with, and uh, they and that's the reason you have dealers now that are uh, using hidden fees because they can't arrest a dealer, they can't charge a dealer because of the power of the local lobbies. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Folks, uh, we thank you. We thank you for joining us every Saturday morning right here. You're an important part of the show. And uh, it is time for us to sign off. And uh, we want to wish you all a very happy weekend. And we'll see you right back here next Saturday morning at 8 a.m.